This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher, where we care deeply about the craft and calling of preaching. In each episode, we analyze one aspect of preaching. Monday Morning Preacher is a production of Christianity Today, which actually produces two other great podcasts. First, we have a podcast called The Calling, an interview show about the nature of church leadership, its joys, its struggles, and how God is uniquely wired people to work within his church. Each episode, we feature one Christian leader, one calling, one honest conversation. And then search Christianity Today and check out our other podcast called Quick to Listen. Today I'm with my guest host, Aaron Damiani from Emmanuel Anglican Church in downtown Chicago. Hey, Matt. Good to have you here, Aaron. So tell us a little bit about your church and your ministry context. Yes, I pastor Emmanuel Anglican Church in Chicago. We're in the Uptown neighborhood, which is a crazy mix of millennials and uh, and those who are in housing transition. Uh, we also have a mix of Nigerian uh, expats and um, it's a it's a big joyful gathering every Sunday. And I got to preach there in October, and then you even invited me to preach again. Yes, yes, they love it when you preach, Matt. Well, it is awesome to be there. So, I love your church, and so it's an Anglican church, which means it's liturgical church. Yes. So what does that mean in thirty seconds or less? Liturgical. Uh, yes, to be liturgical means that you take on practices that shape your life. So it's like practices that you that involve your body that shape your soul. Um, so brunch is a liturgy, you know, the whole process of getting brunch mm. is a liturgy. Uh, the process of waiting for the next episode of Netflix to, to fire up is a liturgy. It shapes your soul. Um, and so we, we just take on uh, intentional practices that, that, that shape, shape our souls. Okay. So, yeah. And part of a liturgical church is celebrating the church year, and part yes. of the church year is the Lenten season. Yes. So that is why you're on this podcast. Yes. Because you wrote an entire book on Lent called The Good of Giving Up, Discovering the Freedom of Lent. Yes. So we're going to talk about that book a little bit. But i got to say, a lot of people don't have a good impression of Lent. They think it's dreary. They think of it like this. Yeah, depressing. Debbie Downer. Yeah, just dreary, legalistic, give up chocolate. So tell us a little bit about the case for Lent. Yes. Yeah. Part one of my book is just why do Lent at all? If you're an evangelical who loves the gospel, why would you bother at all with Lent? Isn't it just legalism? The case that I did my best to make was that Lent is about Jesus. Lent is about being yoked in a gentle, powerful way with our risen Savior and getting ready for Easter. I think a lot of people are just not ready for Easter. You know, the awkward, he has risen, and then, yeah, he's risen indeed. (laughs) We're just not ready to celebrate his resurrection. And so Lent prepares us for Easter and uh, to shape us in such a way where we're ready for heaven. We want to be with with the Lord. Um, And I find that more and more, culturally speaking, we need to keep Christian time uh, in order to be counterformed so that we don't just go down the lazy river of the culture. Hmm. So just sort of logistically, Lent is 40 days. Yes. 
obviously a lot of biblical images of 40 days, Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days, children of Israel, Mm -hmm. 40 days, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Starting with Ash Wednesday Mm -hmm. and then going all the way up till Easter. That's right. And it comes around every year. It does. Each Sunday is like a little Easter. You're celebrating Jesus's resurrection, even though it has a, it has kind of a Lenten flavor to it, uh, or at least it can. So it's a total of 46 days. Okay. So let's talk about you and Lent. Yes. So when you came out of the womb, okay, did you love Lent? Or did <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. to learn to love Lent? I had to learn to love the Lent. Um, I did not grow up uh, practicing Lent. When I was engaged, my wife and I, on a fluke, we stepped into a church that was liturgical, and um, we happened to visit right before Lent began. So even like even as we were planning our honeymoon, they were planning for Easter, and that was, my, our intention was pointed in the direction of having a great time on a ten day cruise. Mm. And so that meant that you know I was on the look good naked diet, uh, not successfully. Um, it meant that my money was being um, saved for paying for the cruise. Meanwhile, everyone around me at our new church was preparing for Easter. That's where their money was going. That's where their habits were going. That's that's what was in, engaging their imaginations. And so. Um, Right around the time that Easter rolled around, we went on our cruise, and it was so disappointing. I have to say, at first, you know, maybe maybe doing mini golf on the on the deck of the ship seems luxurious, um, but after a while, it just gets really old. Uh, I think a lot of people in our culture feel the diminishing returns of mm. overconsumption. Yeah, we certainly did. But back in our new church, Easter was blown up, and people were celebrating that Jesus had risen from the dead, and uh, no one was in a state of, you know, legalism there was joy and Mm. and freedom. And so I discovered the freedom by watching people live it out. And, you know, now I have a family. We lead our family and our church through Lent, and and that's kind of where the book came from. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to talk at the end for preachers that are probably never going to do Lent. Yes. You know, they're just never going to go all out liturgical, all out Lenten season. So we're going to get to that. So, So hang on if that's the kind of preacher that you are right now. But, um, You say in your book, you say, this is a quote, Lent is one of my favorite times to preach. Why? I, like other preachers, really appreciate a receptive audience. When when people's hearts are open uh, to the preached Word of God, something changes in the sermon. So here's what happens in Lent. I do the work of a pastor in talking about the season to our people and giving them a vision for becoming like Christ in Lent. And what happens is they go, oh, okay, we're going to go on a 40-day pilgrimage. And so they show up to church a little bit more often. They come with open Mm. hearts, and it's a personal thing for them, and and it's um, coming at a cost to them. And so what happens when I'm preaching is that people have an appetite for the Word of God that wasn't there before. That means that the sermon is more connective usually, and also that there's more spiritual fruit that's born. So that's why Lent is one of my favorite times to preach. Yeah, so definitely not a Debbie Downer time not at, at all. all. No, yeah. not at all. It's that light of Easter that we can see kind of over the over the hills uh, as we're as we're walking in the forty day pilgrimage of Lent. Yeah, that's really powerful. So you mentioned to me that one of your favorite sermons from that series was from Revelation three, where yes. Jesus addresses the churches, the church in Laodicea. So let's yes. listen to a clip from that sermon. Now, as we consider our own life. Maybe the story of the Laodiceans hits home. Maybe we feel no need for God. Maybe we've over-assimilated to the air around us. Maybe we're lukewarm. We lack passion for God. We're no longer a source of God's refreshing. We're no longer a source of God's healing. 
Maybe our, our wealth or our independence or our learning or our growing influence makes, it, makes us feel like we don't need God anymore. Maybe we've become so blind to our spiritual need because we've become useful. We've become impressive, like the Laodiceans. But you know what? Maybe you can't relate with the Laodiceans. Maybe you don't. Because it's not so much that you don't need God. It's that for the life of you, you can't feel God. Something inside of you has gone numb. You're sitting at the table with Jesus, but you can't quite hold his gaze because the thrill is gone. The love has died. And in its place is spiritual doubt, confusion, deadness, and a massive disconnect between your head and your heart. If that's you, please know that Jesus has everything you need to return to your first love. His grace for you is inexhaustible. He's holding all the gifts in his hands, ready to give them to you, even tonight. So if that describes you and you feel numb, here are some diagnostic questions that Jesus might ask you tonight. When was the last time you ever let me satisfy you? Really? Have you ever been hungry enough to be hungry for my love? Have you ever been watchful enough, attentive enough, or have every single time you've ever had any kind of hunger of the body, have you completely satisfied it to the overflow with the means and the tools you have available to you? Do you just not need me at all, really? I mean, think about it. Do you need me at all in your life? Have you ever made space in your life for me to satisfy you? Because there's a real strong connection, friends, between spiritual numbness and bodily indulgence. So tell us about this sermon. Tell us about the broader context and yes. uh, what you're trying to accomplish and how this yes. was sort of a Lenten sermon, yes. Lenten theme. Yes. You know, I find that um, most people in our ministry context, whatever their socioeconomic state, are accustomed to satisfying every need, every craving, every desire to get all the alcohol we want, all the food we want, all the entertainment we want. It's so easy. You don't have to be intentional at all to satisfy your cravings. It's, um, so I, I'm finding that what that does is that deadens people's hearts. And so what I was trying to do in this sermon was to give people an opportunity um, to join the Laodiceans, to listen to Jesus in his warning to, um, to, to not let the satisfying realities of the world, which are so easy, to assimilate us, to assimilate our habits, to assimilate our hearts, to assimilate our lives to the broader culture. Um, and what, what happens when we, when we trust the living Jesus with our desires— um, is that he transforms us. Um, but if we are so fearful of being sp- uh, physically uncomfortable, it just makes us spiritually numb. Mm. And so I wanted the Word of God to wake us up from that place of numbness. So I'm gathering Lent is countercultural. Yes. Now, what's You're int- convincing me. <laughs> yeah, well, I Although hope so. Although I was already convinced. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had you on this <laughs> right, podcast. Yeah, exactly. But still, it's a good case. I have to say, though, that I think there's something about a spiritual pilgrimage that is culturally interesting. Mm. So I think that um, 
that Lent is becoming more interesting to our to the broader culture, the the path of Lent is very um, culturally surprising, yeah, and countercultural. Mm. So as a brand, it's probably getting better, uh, unless you you grew up doing it and it was legalistic. And in that case, you have most people have a very negative view of Lent. They were never given the vision; they were just given the means of Lent. They were never given told why. But I find that it is a very healthy counterformation for yeah. us who live in America. So I was at a church in Long Island that was not necessarily real liturgical. Yes. Kind of very semi-liturgical light. Mm. Um, we really didn't do Lent, but yes. I did Lent in series. Yes. Um, so what would you say to preachers who are, their church is just not going to go all out liturgical. You yes. Know? They're not going to be yes. Anglican. You yes. Know? They're going to be charismatic. They're going to be yes. free church. They're going to be Baptist. They're going to be whatever. And they're going to be themselves. Yes. But they really like this idea of... Um, this mm-hmm. school of preparation with Jesus, something yes. Lenten-like. What would you say to those preachers? I would say absolutely, you know, stay who you are, maintain your ecclesial identity and your preaching voice, um, but then c- catch the vision that Lent is pointing to. So um, use Lenten preaching to prepare your people for Easter. Don't let them be caught off guard um, when you're celebrating uh, Jesus' resurrection from the dead and victory over evil. Um, take the vision of Lent and then and then adjust the means that uh, so that it fits your people and fits your context. Um, so you can still call people to repentance. You can still call people uh, to be formed into the image of Christ. You can still point to the cross, the meaning of the cross. You can still call people to an intentional 40-day journey, hmm. um, which I think I think a lot of people want. They want their pastor to call them to a on a, on a spiritual pilgrimage that will shape them. Uh, uh, according to Christ's image and bond them to Christ. You can use the, the resources without turning people off using jargon that has baggage for people. You don't have to take the baggage. Take the vision and take the resources and adjust, you know, using your pastoral filter. Yeah, that is phenomenal advice. So, preachers, I hope you have a, can we say have a, let's see, not a merry Lent, a happy Lent? Meaningful. A deep Lent. A deep Have a deep Lent and (laughs) some deep preaching during the Lenten season. So this is Matt Woodley on Monday Morning Preacher. Hope you join us next time on our next episode. This episode of Monday Morning Preacher is brought to you by ctpastors.com, the new home for pastors at Christianity Today. CT Pastors is for working pastors by working pastors to equip you for church ministry. Join for free today at ctpastors.com. This episode was brought to you in part by the Table Podcast at Dallas Theological Seminary. Listen to rotating hosts discuss issues of God and culture to demonstrate theology's relevance in everyday life. Find it on your podcast app. For videos and more, visit dts.edu podcast.